This is Queen Victoria. Welcome to Murder Lab, the podcast where I dissect serial killers and analyze what I find. This is the exciting second part of the Dexter Deep Dive. So I'm digging into Dexter, seasons 5 through 8 and books 5 through 8. And I did not warn you last time, it was a complete spoiler alert. I assume by now, if you have been listening, you know that I spoil things, and that's kind of the point of comparing them. (laughs) But I apologize, I will be better, because sometimes, maybe that's the first time you tuned in, and you don't know the Queen's M.O. So I will be better about warning you about spoiler alerts. Ironically, the last episode where I was making suggestions of things to watch... I didn't spoil anything, or I tried not to spoil anything because I was encouraging you to watch them. I will start to um, give you a heads up. This is a spoiler, and if you haven't listened to part one, you need to listen to part one so you know what's going on in part two. I will say I fucked up on the first one. I made an error, and it makes me wonder about my brain (laughs) that I made this particular error. And I will admit, there was a moment when I made the connection during the recording but there I was already in the weeds I was already in too deep and I didn't want to derail everything by trying to find out if I needed to correct myself so I thought I'll file it in the back of my brain and I will double check it and I can always correct myself in the next episode which that's the good thing about having a a podcast is that you can keep things it's fluid you can say hey I messed up hey I did this hey I didn't do this And you try to be your best, but sometimes things fall through the cracks. Like I said, sometimes my brain doesn't function the way that I understand it should function. So my fuck up was Camilla Figg. So in the book, Camilla Figg is, I think, like a 35-year-old forensic tech. She worked in the lab with Vince and them. I said they they did not use her character for the show. And I also said that they created a character named Camilla that works in the records department. For some reason, my brain didn't connect the Camilla fig in the book to the woman being named Camilla in the show. I cannot tell you why. I don't know. I try. Obviously, I make other kinds of connections. For some reason, that just blanked out. I, I don't know. So I caught when I said Camilla, <laughs> when I was talking about him helping to kill Camilla when she was in the hospital. That's when I was like, shit, her name's Camilla. How did I not connect her? And I guess it's just because the character seemed different enough that didn't catch on to the name, which is bizarre. But so I looked and I don't remember them saying Camilla's last name in the show because I think that I would remember Fig. Fig seems like a pretty, it would stand out. I don't know. So I typed in Camilla Dexter show and the name popped up Camilla Fig with her picture of the woman who plays the records keeper on the show. So in my face, Camilla Fig was actually in the book and in the show, but they just played different characters. So I apologize that I that was an oversight and it does make me question my mind in all things. So welcome to my life and my world and living with my brain. Before I plunge into book five and season five, we'll do a quick recap of where all the characters are. So we'll do a character check. So what they went through and where they're at, so we know going in. Dokes, in the book, he had his feet, hands, and tongue removed. He uses a device to speak, and he has metal claws and prosthetic feet. In the show, he dies in season two. LaGuerta, in the book, she died in the first book. In the show, she has a friend that she thought to be a serial killer, which was Dokes. She got her job back through shadiness. A friend was killed by another friend, and she married Angel. Deb, in the book, she was kidnapped and almost killed, becomes sergeant, her boyfriend has some limbs amputated, 
She is stabbed and in a coma and is depressed. In the show, she was engaged, kidnapped by her fiancé and almost killed. She has a relationship with Lundy, maid detective, her boyfriend was flayed. Lundy comes back, they hook up, he's killed and she's shot. Rita in the book, she's engaged, he moves in. Their kids are kidnapped, they're found. They get married, she finds out she's pregnant. In the show, she has a drama with her ex-husband Paul, Dexter's addiction and affair or relationship with uh, Lila. She becomes pregnant and engaged. She's married, has a baby, and is killed. In the books so far, Dexter... <laughs> of course, a lot of stuff happened to Dexter because he's a main character. A killer freezing of victims turns out to be his brother. His sister finds out he's a serial killer. The hangman killer he faces, um, also known as the Mr. Potato Head killer, in my mind. His accidental engagement to Rita. His dark passenger leaves. There's that whole cult thing. They plan their wedding. He has to keep the kids at bay from wanting to kill animals. The dark passenger comes back at the wedding. They have their honeymoon, their staged killings. He accidentally kills someone's boyfriend, so then he's targeted. Rita's kidnapped, but then the bad guy dies, and they find out Rita's pregnant. In the show, he finds out the ice truck killer is his brother. He finds out he about his real dad. He might be exposed as the Bay Harbor Butcher. And then the whole addiction and affair with Lila. He finds out Harry killed himself. He befriends Miguel, gets engaged, is kidnapped, kills Miguel and the Flayer. He gets married. Rita has their son. Then there's the involvement with Trinity. He kills Trinity, but Trinity had killed Rita. A lot is happening everywhere. All right, so let's just jump into book five. And again, these books are all by Jeff Lindsay. This one is Dexter is Delicious. The main action in this book are vampire cannibals, as you would expect. Dex has a new baby girl named Lily Ann, and he decides he doesn't want to kill anymore because she's his new cha chance at a new life, and, and he wants to do right by her. A girl is kidnapped, but there's so much blood that it's suspicious. Then other girls go missing, and they are found burned and eaten. Partially eaten. Deb has a new partner named Deke. He ends up getting killed by the vampire cannibals. Vampables? Canavamps? I don't know. But I do know that Deb goes through partners in these books like Spinal Tap goes through drummers. It's an old joke, but it checks out. Brian shows up, which again, that's uh, Dexter's brother. He's starting to get chummy with Dexter's family. Now, keep in mind, Brian had tried to kill Deb, so it's important that Deb doesn't see him because she'll obviously be upset that, you know, Dexter's hanging out with him. Rita doesn't know, of course, that Brian tried to kill Deb, or she doesn't really know anything about him at all. So he shows up and he starts to become part of the family, which of course Dexter's a little leery of, especially when he finds out that Brian helped Aster and Cody kill a dog. So he has taken them under his wing as his accomplices, as his apprentices, and that was what Dexter wanted to do, so he's not sure about the whole thing. Deb is still with Chutsky, who is the boyfriend where he had, was partially, had limbs partially amputated. So they find out another girl's been kidnapped. They trace it back to a vampire club. Now, keep in mind, these, they're not real vampires. They're people who are pretending to be vampires and, and wanting to be vampires and cannibals and things like that. So he breaks into this club. He's trying to free the girl. He ends up getting trapped in there with her. And it turns out that she wants this to happen. So I can't remember the exact name of the... Uh... I don't know. It's not a disease. It's not a phobia. The fetish where you want to get eaten. If you listen to the last podcast on the left, you'll hear it referred to several times. <laughs> They've talked about it where someone wants the feeling of someone eating them. 
her thing is, is that she felt like she wanted to be sacrificed to them. So she wanted them to eat her because that would be a great honor. And that's what was going on is that the this club, this cult or whatever was wasn't kidnapping these girls. These girls were coming willingly and they would sacrifice themselves to this cult that would drink their blood and, and eat some of their flesh. You know, that fun old Friday night. So he's captured with her. They're drugged. They wind up having sex with each other. And then when he comes to and realizes he was drugs and had se- was drugged and had sex with her, he felt kind of bad. And then they escape. But she runs away because, again, she wanted to die. So <laughs> when she's caught, when she's let free, she's pissed because she wants to go back to them. Their prime suspect of the cult, they visit the mom, and the mom's like, "Well, he's at an old pirate theme park." Because, of course. And so then they go to this old pirate theme park. It's Chutsky, Deb, and Dex. They go, the girl winds up being killed. They're held captive. Well, then it turns out, ba 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 Brian is part of the group in, like, robes. And he jumps forward and saves them all. And the, the bad guys are all obliterated and, and so forth. Deb finds out she's pregnant. And Chutsky leaves. He loves her, but, you know, since he's um, had some limbs amputated, he doesn't feel like he's a full man, and he doesn't feel like he would be good enough for them, so he decides to leave. Dexter, of course, Dexter has killed the bad guys, and he decides he's going to keep on killing. Because, you know, at the beginning, he was like, oh, I'm not going to do it anymore, but by the end, of course, it's Dexter. He's going to kill him. It's Dexter. And Brian becomes part of the family, because obviously Brian is trustworthy, because he got in good with the bad guys, and he saves Dexter and Deb. And so they're all one big, happy, fucked up family. Overall, it was fun. And <laughs> I mean, it is fun to say things like, you know, it has vampire cannibals and an old pirate theme theme park. That's fun. So just the fact that I got to um, to talk about that, that makes it worthwhile. So, and he is a good writer. He does make it interesting. It is odd. But Dexter's always fun to take a ride with. As we discovered in the first part, after seasons one and specifically two, the book and the series completely diverge. There's only a few things here and there that are similar throughout the seasons that are similar to the books. And as we get deeper into the books, it's there are less and less things in the series that are similar. In the show, he's got a kid, but it's a little boy and not a little girl, like in the books. Um, in the book, Deb, when she becomes promoted and she has to do a pre- press conference, she's terrible at it. In the show, she's as nervous as she is in the book, but she winds up going with her guts and and ends up getting it ends up going over well with people, even if her uh, her bosses didn't love her frankness. There's one little tiny thing where in the book, they find this coin that has a symbol on it that they discover is from this vampire club. It's like Club Fang or something, of course. In the show, they find something that has a logo for Club Mayan. And so there's kind of a loose, small little detail where something takes them to, something with a club's logo takes them to the place that they need to go to figure shit out. In the show, season five... The main killer or issue are what I like to call the body barrel boys. Because you have the group of men that get together and they like to torture women 
and kill them and put their bodies in barrels. And Dexter discovers the barrels. And then that's how we meet Lumen. And that's that's the main thing that's happening to him in the season. It opens with Rita's funeral. And thankfully, Dexter's not a suspect. The person that begins the whole body barrel thing is Boyd Fowler. And when he kills Boyd Fowler, he realizes there is someone in the house that sees him. So it turns out it's Lumen who was their 13th, was to be their 13th victim. And he takes Lumen in. She asks him to help her kill these men because, like, as I said, it was a group of men. So this group of men had tortured her and she asked to help kill all of them. So they start, he unwillingly gets involved because she starts to do it on her own and she needs his help. And before they get a chance to finish killing this dude, he calls one of the other guys and warns them that Lumen is alive. So the murders lead to this big, fancy, famous motivational speaker called Jordan Chase. It turns out that these guys knew each other as kids. They went together, they went to camp together. And at camp, they decided to attack a girl together. And then they, they, they bonded over that and they've kept doing this through the years. Their first victim, they did not kill though. Sorry, they attacked her and raped her and tortured her, but they did not kill her. They let her live. And of course, we found out later in the, se- or later in the season that she is still alive. And not only is she alive, she is loyal to him until he kills her. He lets Lumen kill someone and they have sex. Obviously, it's a big deal because she's had this terrible thing happen. So it showed... You know, it shows her growth with him and and all that stuff. Chase gets Lumen. Dexter follows them to the camp. Lumen kills him. Deb comes in and she doesn't see them, but she's already figured out the whole thing about she figured it was two people, that it was a man, that one of the girls got away and her man is helping them, is helping her kill them. So Deb decides to let them go because she had to watch all the videos of these women being tortured. So... She lets them go, and then Dexter's all in love with Lumen, thinks they're going to have, like, this big, nice killer life together. Pun intended. Then Lumen's like, you know what? I'm over it. I love you, but can't do it anymore. I'm better. Bye. And she leaves. Other things happening in the season is there were these Santa Muerte killings, and the killer gets away and Deb's upset. Quinn and Deb have sex. Angel thinks LaGuardia is cheating on him. It turns out that he had had anger issues. He got in a fight. And so she did a sting operation to help clean up his mess to try to smooth things over with the department and the precinct and all that shit. But in the sting, they do reveal Robocop, which I'm sorry. (laughs) I know he's been in lots of things. I I don't know. He probably hates it to just be known as Robocop. But I'm sorry, you were fucking Robocop. I mean, when you are something badass like Robocop, you just got to own it for the rest of your life. They get him in custody. Quinn and him bond. Quinn suspects Dexter of being the Kyle, Kyle Butler, which was involved in the Trinity case. So Quinn starts having Robocop watch Dexter. It turns out he gets a bunch of shit on Dexter. Dexter kills him and Quinn gets suspected. But then Dexter tampers with the blood to clear Quinn. And then, of course, Dexter beats up Aster's friend's dad for beating up his stepdaughter, which is Aster's friend. That was a lot of words. So <laughs> so basically, someone was beating their stepdaughter, Dexter found out, and he beat him up and made him leave. Overall thoughts on this season. I know some people were conflicted about Lumen or they didn't really like this season as much. I liked it. I liked the idea of him helping to avenge Lumen 
Lumen's torture and these women's murders and and that he empowered and she's able to have this cathartic experience. He has the moment where he has someone that really gets him and that he can share that with. And it's a genuine thing and not a fucked up Lila thing. And then, of course, there's the realization it's difficult to keep up a relationship like that. So it's yet another example of, I mean, in some ways, I guess I can understand where it's like, oh, okay, oh, he's killing, he thinks he's going to kill with someone else. And oh, what, it fell apart? What a surprise. Because you had that with Miguel and Lila. He thought that Lila might, it might go well with Lila. So so you see, it's kind of another version of that. But I think that this was the healthiest version of that, I guess. It just, it felt like a, a more understanding, understandable relationship. And he didn't have the back and forth of, they were all on the same page. Whereas in the other ones, they wound up not being. I do like that they have, where Deb tends to want things to be more black and white, which you make sense. But when she sees what this woman went through, what these women went through, and she realizes, well, maybe it's okay that these guys are dead. So that was a major thing for Deb. And the interesting thing, of course, is that she didn't know. She just let her own brother go. And so, you know, that's kind of um, a, I don't want to say clever, but I like that they developed things that way. I think that made things, that added to the tension and to the depth of everything. The whole subplot of Quinn being suspicious of Dexter and having the guy watching Dexter. And then there was a part where he decided, well, I'm dating Dexter. I'm involved with Dexter's sister. Maybe I don't. Maybe I want to back off. And then Robocop won't back off. So there's that all of these elements that are kind of out of control, but things end up getting resolved. And then we see where Dexter beats up that girl's dad, stepdad because he was abusing her. That's another case where you can see Dexter is an, a sympathetic character. You like that he wants to protect this girl. Again, that's a way that we can feel good about him. Along with having, I mean, and of course the whole se se season he is trying to take care of these guys that tortured just horrible, horrible things to these women. And of course that makes you feel empathy towards him. Now let's do a quick character check-in. We've got Dokes in the book. He probably showed up and I don't really remember. So I guess he didn't really do anything too exciting. And in the show, he's still dead. LaGuerta, in the book, she's still dead. In the show, she is dealing with Angel's anger issues. She does the sting to try to cover for him. Although I think it comes out that she might be more worried about herself. There's marital stress. I believe they make up by the end. Deb, in the book, her new partner is killed. She finds out she's pregnant and her boyfriend bails. In the show, a killer escapes. She feels guilty. But then she lets the bad guys go in the end because she believes in their cause. And at some point, she hooks up with Quinn. Rita, in the book, she has a baby. And in the show, she's newly dead. To get to book six, we have Double Dexter. The main issue or killer is that <laughs> cops are found pounded flat like literally someone has pounded them flat and killed them and someone sees Dexter kill and comes to haunt him about him it opens with Dexter killing Steve Valentine who is dresses as a clown for kids parties <laughs> and what a surprise he's a pedophile if that sounds familiar I'm sure that he meant it to because of course it's similar to Gacy so he's not just a pedophile, he's a kid killer. 
and Dexter kills him oh so slowly. Then he realizes someone was in the room and ran away. So someone saw him killing. Then they discover that a cop has been killed, pounded with a hammer, and flattened. I mean, you got a picture like um, Looney Tunes, your Acme, where they're just flat. I don't know. They said like um, that they were pounded flat and it was done in such a way that there wasn't any blood, which I'm not sure if that's an actual thing. But, you know, again, if you're a fan of Looney Tunes, then you can picture it. Maybe it's, it's an easier sell. Then another cop was killed the same way. Deb ends up kit- catching the killer. So then Deb and Dex are both in the paper. So now everybody knows who Deb and Dex are, including the person who witnessed his, him murdering someone. So now this person knows who Dexter is, and he starts to email him. Well, you would think he was going to extort him or something, but he wants to become like him, as you would. He's known as, um, they keep referring to him as the shadow. So this shadow person tries to frame Dexter with a cut-up body. So they basically kill someone and cut the body up like they know Dexter does, because they saw him do it, and rigs it so that way Dexter comes to that house right when the cops come, but I think Dexter gets away. Well, then Camilla Fig is killed, and the shadow did it to frame him, because apparently she was obsessed with Dexter. So in her apartment were tons of pictures of him and things like that. It looks like from the pictures and stuff that he knew that she, he was involved with her or, or he had to have known about the obsession, and of course he didn't because he's Dexter. Camilla Fig dies. The guy's trying to frame him. And of course, Dokes are all over Dexter and they're... And so Dokes is in this book a lot more. The shadow poses as a, as a scout leader, but he doesn't kill Dexter. He goes on a camping trip with him and, and Dex realizes later, oh, that was, I think that was the killer. He suspects this guy and he knows he can't do it to get, a, a get, get, get away with it or whatever. So he asks Brian to do it. Brian kills the guy they suspect. And Dexter goes out of town, but then they find the, Detective Hood, that is one of the detectives up his ass, his body is in Dexter's hotel room. And they realize they had Brian kill the wrong guy. So that's fun. Well, then the shadow, of course, had followed Dexter. And he takes the kids because that's what you do. Dexter finds them. And it turns out the shark eats the bad guy. Because, of course. Then all is right with the world and Dokes is under investigation because he had followed Dexter everywhere and so now everyone thinks that Dokes is a piece of shit. Other things that happened in the book, Rita acts weird, she suspects that he's cheating on her. Then she wants a new house, so they're house looking for houses. They reveal that Rita's job is with foreign currencies and the real estate market. So that's definitely not something that's in the show. Deb has a new partner named Alex Duarte, and I believe in this one she actually gets along with him. Deb has a little boy. She has a son named Nicholas, and Dexter says that he has 52 victims at this point. My thoughts on the book? Again, it's always a fun ride. It's always interesting. I was about to say this one wasn't as weird, but then I remembered that the killer was pounding people to death with a hammer until they were, like, flat. So that's, you know... Um, but, (laughs) and the bad guy gets eaten by a shark, but that's not too crazy, right? It's still interesting, and I enjoyed it. Now, the similarities to anything in the book to anything in the series, as far as someone seeing Dexter kill someone else, we have in season five, Lumen sees Dex kill Boyd, and she ends up joining 
forces with him, where in the book the guy wanted to join forces with him, but it doesn't pan out. And then in the next season, we'll see that Deb catches him killing someone. In the next season, there are a few things that are kind of related to the book. The dude wants to make a serial killer game, and then he kind of stalks Dexter. So I guess that's kind of similar to this guy in the book wants to become his apprentice or something. So, and he starts stalking Dexter. So I guess that's kind of similar. Well, and then he turns on him. So when Dexter says, I don't like your stupid little fucking serial killer game, then the intern guy gets pissed. Just like in this book, the guy gets pissed that Dexter won't help him kill. So, you know, that is fairly similar. In the next season, we will see that someone kidnaps Harrison. So there is some kidnapping involved. In like every single book, their kids get kidnapped. But in the series, Harrison is kidnapped once and they think that Aster's kidnapped at one point, but she is not. It turns out that she just ran off. And then in season three, Rita wanted to buy a new house. So there's a lot of looking for houses. So that is similar. <laughs> now, season six, this season I like to call going off the rails or let's throw stuff at the wall, see what sticks or use it anyway. The main issue or killer is the doomsday killers. This season, the best part, the good part of the season is it's Edward James Almost and Colin Hanks. I was excited to see Edward James almost because mostly Battlestar Galactica. And Colin Hanks, I knew from, now I can't think of what the show was called. He was on some show that was the first thing I saw him in, and he's adorable. It was pleasant to see him, and I think he did a pretty good job. In this one, that's where they had the body with the symbol with snakes inside. They had parts of mannequins and dead bodies attached and riding on horses and, and all these um, very culty religious symbolic killings. Um, Angel and Quinn find out about James Geller, so they figure out, well, it's this James Geller guy that is probably having to do with these murders and that he probably has an accomplice. Geller sacrifices a girl that Travis has sex with, so you see the dynamic of him controlling Travis and trying to keep him on his path. Dexter sees Travis at a crime scene. Travis tries to leave Geller, and then Travis's sister is the next victim. At some point, they visit a priest... It is actually the priest from It's Always Sunny that Mac confesses to being fat to. And I just, so I guess he was kind of typecast. But that was, uh, it's always a fun moment when I see people from It's Always Sunny. And especially since he was a priest in that show too. They find Geller dead in a freezer. So then you have the what the fuck moment of, oh, so Geller has actually been dead this whole time. So every time they've shown Geller, it's actually been Travis's hallucinating Geller or picturing Geller doing these things and and we realize Travis is doing all this on his own. Lil Kev from It's Always Sunny. So we get another It's Always Sunny appearance. Lil Kev, <laughs> he shows up as a doomsday follower. Him and his wife help put poison on a boat and Dexter shows up thinking that Lil Kev is Travis and he accidentally kills Lil Kev. Then Angel's missing and Quinn finds him and saves him. In the meantime, Travis had sent Lil Kev's wife to the station, to the police station with the poisonous chemicals. They had used Angel's badge to get in there. And of course, Dexter gets in in time, saves the day, and only the woman dies. Travis takes Harrison, but Dexter saves the day. Of course, by saving the day, he kills Travis, and Deb walks in and sees it. I didn't realize 
how much stuff was going on in this season until I started to do this outline. Like, I knew that there was a lot of stuff that happened. But in pre, when I was doing this outline, you know, I have, I have this obvious structure that I'm building. And, you know, basically it's like, okay, I fit this, this, and this. Or I can just run through it. And it all kind of flows together. There's not like a bunch of things here and there. In this one, <laughs> there are like five subplots that I could outline. So we've got Dexter thinks this sex worker was killed by a serial killer that he had heard of in the 80s called the Tooth Fairy. He winds up following the Tooth Fairy, who's a big fucking disappointment, and he kills Tooth Fairy. The interesting thing is he does not bring him to his table and cut him up. He smothers him to make it look like a heart attack, and he has no body to dump, and that way he's like, well, you lived a sad fucking life, you can die a sad fucking death. Angel's sister becomes Harrison's nanny, and the Lewis Green become, is the new forensic intern. He starts dating Angel's sister. It turns out they have the thing where he ends up with the ice truck killer hand. He creates a serial killer game that Dexter hates. And this planting the seeds for the volatile relationship to come in the next season. LaGuerta is promoted to captain and Matthew's deputy chief. She has dirt on him hooking up with sex workers. No pun intended. Angel and LaGuardia divorce. There is a sex, sex worker found dead in a hotel that had where she had OD'd, and when she fell, she hit her head. So it was obvious that it wasn't a murder, but it was also obvious that someone was there and didn't report it. LaGuerta realizes it is Matthews, and she is covering for him. Well, Deb realizes that Matthews is involved, and LaGuerta winds up outing Matthews and getting him fired, because, of course, she's always about her career and her advancement, despite anything. You got Brother Sam in this one. Now, I will say, I like Brother Sam. So Mos Def played Brother Sam, and I think he was very compelling. He was charismatic. There's something about those big brown eyes, and I don't know. I just really liked him. I liked how they put him in there to kind of try to be a voice of reason with Dexter, and even though I'm kind of like Dexter where I'm leery of the whole religion thing, of course there are merits to it. It's interesting to see that pool that happened, that tension that happened within Dexter from knowing Brother Sam. So he ran the body shop with ex-cons, and then he is shot. And then the dude that they think shot him gets shot by the cops. But then Dexter realizes it was actually someone else. And when Sam comes to, he says, just forgive him. And Dexter's going to forgive him, but the guy isn't sorry. So Dexter drowns him. And at that point, he sees Brian. So Brian enters Dexter's mind, and Harry goes away. Trinity's wife and daughter are murdered. Jonah said Trinity did it, which is interesting because Dexter knows Trinity is dead. So it has to be Jonah. At this point, Dexter spirals. He has sex with a gas station girl, steals the, a gun from her. He's hanging out with Brian. He visits Jonah, and then he kills motel owner with a pitchfork, as is tradition. <laughs> because the the motel owner finds his uh, kill to his kill bag and he's going to extort him. So Dexter is in a spiral as I said and so he just kills him. Then Jonah admits that he that Becca killed herself and their mom kept defending his dad and blamed them for everything. So he beat his mom and killed her. He wanted Dex to kill him, but Dexter decides not to and he leaves. And Brian leaves and Harry comes back. Thus endeth the spiraling. Deb becomes lieutenant and 
This fucking thing. Okay. Deb starts going to a therapist. The therapist decides, you know, I think you have a thing for Dexter. Like a non-brother thing. Like, I think that you have feelings for him in a romantical way. Well, then Deb finally is like, well, shit. I do love Dexter. Not in a familial way, in a romantical way. And yes, I know romantical isn't a word. Deb decides she is in love with Dexter. What the fuck? In some ways, like cerebrally, I kind of get it. But mostly, what the fuck? Like, it just feels like they're trying too hard now. Like, okay, so we've got the doomsday killers. We've got the tooth fairy. Uh, we have this intern that is mad at him. LaGuerta is covering for Matthews. Brother Sam's getting shot. Trinity's son makes an appearance. And in the midst of all that, let's have Deb fall in love with Dex. Because we need more things. That Those things that are happening aren't big enough. And it just feels like why I said it's going off the rails. I mean, I guess there were a lot of things that were happening during the other seasons. But this one, it just it feels a little more like it's going off the rails. And that's why, you know, let's th throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And they didn't just use what sticks. They used everything. I mean, they used Deb thinking that she's in love with Dex. I don't know. That's just, I will say that the Tooth Fairy thing, I feel like that was okay. Because that, that showed his fear of, am I going to become a pathetic serial killer? Am I going to be looking back on my memories and just being pathetic? So I get that. I don't know. The Lewis Green thing, fine. I don't know. It's, it's all right. The weird in the dirt with the sex workers, with the Matthews. Yeah, it's it's fine, I guess. You know, it adds another little thing in there to make things dramatic. I don't know. I feel like Brother Sam definitely. I, as I said, I really like the Brother Sam art. Trinity, I don't know. I don't know that I love that. I I can see the idea of Dexter spiraling and maybe, you know, going down this path and then something bringing him back. I can see the merit in that, I guess. And it is interesting to have, you know, a previous character coming back and finding out that that happened. So I have mixed feelings about that. Again, it just, in some ways it makes sense and in some ways it just feels like too much. I don't know. It's, I have mixed feelings about this one. I do like the religious culty aspect worth tying the bodies together. And I, I always think when you throw religion into things, it does make things a little more, can make things a little more interesting. It can also make things really stupid if you do it wrong. But in this case, I thought this season was interesting, but I did feel like it was starting to lose its footing, especially with the whole she loves Dexter thing. I don't fucking know. Because she spends so much fucking time controlling him and making, trying to make everything go her way. And, but then when it's convenient, he's her world. So, which I mean, I guess that's how some people love. And I could probably name some people in my life like that. But I don't know. It just felt weird. It felt like it was squished in there. Now, quick character check-in. We have Dokes in the book. He followed Dexter, and now he's under investigation. On the show, of course, still dead. LaGuerta in the book is still dead. The show, she's still doing whatever the hell she needs to to get ahead. Deb in the book, she catches a hammer killer and has a son. In the show, she makes lieutenant, thinks she's in love with her brother, and then she sees him kill. There is that big part. Rita in the book, is looking for a house, and th she thinks Dexter's cheating. In the show, she's still dead. So, book seven is Dexter's final cut. The 
Main thing is, there is a celebrity stalker and Dexter has to become her bodyguard. How does this happen? Well, there is a TV show, kind of like CSI, that they're trying to do a pilot for. And the main actors for that show want to shadow Dexter and Deb because they do what the characters on the show will be doing. So Robert Chase is an actor that shadows Dexter and Jackie Forrest shadows Deb. Well, a woman is found in a dead woman is found in a dumpster and she's missing an eye. We realize that one of the cops along with that works with Dexter and Deb is a dumb shit. Dexter is working on moving. And then at this point, there are three victims that they have found with missing eyes and shit like that. And it turns out that all of the murders happened in the same area Jackie was. And they happen to look like her. So they realize Jackie has a stalker. Naturally, Dexter becomes her bodyguard. He agrees to stay at this really nice hotel with her and keep an eye on her and make sure she doesn't get killed. They figure out who the stalker is. Dexter thought that Robert Chase had a crush on him, but unfortunately he realizes that Robert Chase is actually a pedophile. I just realized this is the first one where it doesn't have alliteration in the title. It's Dexter's final cut instead of Dexter's delightful dramas. He's looking for this stalker guy, and he goes to this um, place where it's basically a sex offender camp, where basically it's like a tent city under a bridge where... Um, sex offenders go because they can't be around kids and stuff. So it's just easier to set up out away from everybody. And so they're all set up there and the guy's not there. So that's fun. Well, then there's another body that turns up. They realize a murderer was probably came out on a kayak. Dexter sees the guy and realizes it's him. So he goes and gets his boat and he kills him and dumps him over the boat. Now, it's interesting because he keeps his boat behind a private house. Um, an elderly couple owned it. That lived in New Jersey most of the year, and they only come out come out during the winter. They were happy to take the modest rental fee from him, and it was cheaper than going to a dock. And he got a relatively private place for his boat. In the books, he doesn't keep it at a dock, which is interesting because in, in the show, we know that he does. Aster meets Robert, who, again, we realize is a pedophile. Dexter is actually cast in a small part in the show. That's how Aster gets to meet Robert. They find out Jackie's assistant is killed. Then Dexter has sex with Jackie and realizes he wants to be with her. And so he's ready to shed his life with his wife and kids and be with this super famous, wealthy, sexy woman. Deb figures out he's having an affair and she stops talking to him. Aster goes missing Dexter leaves to go find out what's going on with that. He's supposed to be bodyguarding Jackie. And I don't know if bodyguarding is actually the verb. It should probably be guarding Jackie. But whatever. He's bodyguarding. And he leaves to see what's going on with Aster. He comes back and Jackie is dead. So, of course, everyone suspects Dexter because we need drama in books or they're boring. He finds out that Robert's a pedophile for sure. He goes to his new house, and he figured out that that's where they are. He gets knocked out. When he comes to, he discovers Esther and Robert were going to run away together. But then Dexter makes makes her realize that he's just using her. So Esther kills Robert, and Rita 
is already dead. Um, they accidentally, I think like he hit Rita and was going to knock her out, but he hit her too hard, so she died. So Robert technically killed Rita. Rita's dead. Dexter's screwed because basically he's in a house where there's this guy dead, his wife is dead, and then his like 14, 13, 14-year-old 14 stepdaughter is there and they're not going to believe that she killed. And, you know, he probably, he doesn't want her to get caught and, and all that. So there's, basically he's fucked and he doesn't know what to do, but he knows he has to call the cops and just deal with whatever happens. That is the main part. Vince is in a few scenes and Angel's mentioned a couple times. So they were a very small part of all of this. My thoughts on the book. It's fun to suspend disbelief and just go with it. I don't know. Again, it's a good ride. I have mixed feelings about the whole Aster thing and her wanting to run away with this older man and then that's how Rita dies and I don't know. And the whole thing with um, him being involved with Jackie, he definitely feels emptier and you can tell that he has less feelings in this book because he's like totally okay with never seeing Rita again. And honestly, Rita in the book, they do paint her to be a little more of a bore and a chore. So she kind of busts balls a lot in the book and she does seem kind of irritating. And so I can, in the book, the Rita in the book, I can kind of see why he'd be like, eh, okay, maybe I won't miss that too much. Of course, missing, he has a little girl. So that's kind of upsetting that he would, you know, but again, he's a sociopath. So you can kind of, those things kind of make sense in that context. Well, and then, and then you think that maybe he, maybe Jackie is his true love or whatever, and they are getting along. And then to have that taken, it's actually sadder than when Rita dies in the book, because Jackie's sweet, you can kind of see their connection. And I mean, it sucks that Rita dies in the book, but it's a little sadder to, I don't know, they're, he's able to kind of, to make you feel that pull between, well, maybe Jackie and this glamorous life is what he would be good for. And you can you can feel that, like the fantasy and how that might feel good and that he's found this place that he might feel good about and then it's taken. When he goes back to his quote-unquote real life, then his wife is dead and he's probably going to go to jail. So that life is being taken. So basically he's, like, yeah, is he's just fucked in this one. So, so it was fine. And again, it's always, the way that Dexter talks and the way that he does things, it's always an adventure similarities to any season so this book when I specifically mentioned the sex offender camp because in in the season with Lumen they find one of the they think they find one of the guys at this tent city which is basically the sex offender camp so I it could be a coincidence but if I wonder if they did get that idea like hey I like the idea of that so let's put that in this season where I don't know or it could be a coincidence I don't know but just in case it's not that is a similarity he does have an affair in season three, although I think at that point Rita had broken up with him is when he started being with Lila. Although I'm trying to remember if they were back together when he slept with her. I can't remember. So that may or may not be an affair. He was involved with another woman when he was kind of involved with Rita. So technically, I guess it's like an affair. The pedophile thing about this guy being a pedophile and targeting Aster there was a season where a guy is eyeballing Esther in the store and is talking to her in the store. And so Dexter follows him and he discovers he is a pedophile that kills people or whatever. So there was there was a, a pedophile involved or around Esther. So that's the similarity. 
Rita is killed. So both in the book and the show, she's killed. The women who were killed in this book look like the actress. And if I remember correctly, I think that the women who were being killed in this, in this season looked like Travis's sister. I think that was one of the things they tended to have in common, if I remember correctly. So those were pretty much the main things. Now, season seven. Oh, season seven. I like to call it Off the Rails, or You Should Have Stopped By Now. Okay, so this season has Hannah, and basically Deb trying to control Dexter. <sighs> All right. Again, we've left the thing where Deb walks in while, tra- while Dexter's killing Travis. Dex convinces her to help him make it look like a suicide. She helps him. Well, then he had made it seem like, oh, this was just accident. It was self-defense. Well, then she finds his murder trunk, which is going to be the name of my next band. And she offers to become his serial killer sponsor. In the meantime, Dexter is along with this dude who's showing the, showing the cops where he might have buried bodies. Because he had been in a relationship with a woman, much like Charles Starkweather, where they went on a road trip and people ended up dying. So he's talking about his partner in this was Hannah. And then he jumps in front of a truck. Well, Dex has to go swab Hannah. He decides Hannah is a killer, and so he's going to kill her, but he swabs her with his dick instead. I, I can't overstate how much I dislike Hannah, but we'll get more into that shortly. Deb decides she doesn't want to be a sponsor anymore. She wants to wash her hands of it. Well, she gets involved with this writer who happens to be writing a book about this couple killing spree and at this point it looks like Hannah was just innocent and like underage and she was forced along and that she didn't really have anything to do with the deaths that she was like also a victim well he this writer decides he starts seeing things that make it look like Hannah was involved so he wants to write a book based on that and try to divulge more information about that so Deb's interested in him well then the writer dies on the same day he happened to be with Hannah and Hannah is known for poisoning So Deb decides, well, you know what? If you're going to be a killer, why don't we just keep on with the Harry Code and you can start by killing Hannah because she killed my would-be boyfriend and she's a piece of shit. And then she admits she's in love with Dexter because what the fuck? Well, then Hannah's dad shows up. He's trying to get money from them. Dexter decides to kill him and doesn't tell Hannah. He tells Hannah that the dad decided to leave. Previously, he had been thinking about how he is a dark passenger and... Hannah gets him to realize, well, you know what? Maybe there's not a dark passenger. I just like to kill. So I'm going to just like to kill her dad. (sighs) They say I love you to each other. And in my notes, I put, I vomit. (laughs) So I said, say I love you. I vomit. (sighs) Then Deb tells Dexter she won't back off of Hannah. Hannah tries to have a truce with Deb and Deb tells her to fuck off. Well, interestingly enough, right after that, Deb gets into a car accident after she had seen Hannah. Hannah had drugged her water. Dexter proves that the water was drugged. And Hannah admits to him that she tried to kill Deb because she was in the way. And he turns Hannah in. Well, then, of course, Hannah escapes. In the meantime, LaGuardia finds Broken Slide in church, which, of course, was a sign of the Bay Harbor Butcher, which was supposed to be Dokes, which has been dead for several seasons. So she's like, what the fuck? LaGuardia confides in Deb about the slides, and of course, Deb tells Dex. LaGuardia suspects Dexter, so Dexter plants more evidence proving that Tokes was the Bay Harbor Butcher. 
she arrested Dexter for the murder of this guy named Hector from a previous season. He planted evidence, but made it look like LaGuardia did it. So, yeah, wrap your mind around that. But So he's freed. LaGuardia sees footage of Deb getting gas when she says she was nowhere around the church that night or that she had gone right home or something, is they find video footage and with a timestamp that shows that she had been getting gas nearby at the church that ends up getting caught on fire. One of the guys that killed his mom, he gets him to come to a container. So he has a guy, he kills him, he has LaGuardia come, and he's going to make it look like LaGuardia killed. LaGuardia and this guy killed each other. Well, Deb follows, and she walks in, and sees this dead dude, Dexter, who obviously is about to kill LaGuardia. So LaGuardia's like, shoot him. And her words were, put him down. And Deb doesn't know what to do. And Dex is finally like, just fucking kill me. Like, we all know it's the best thing to do. Just kill me. It's not you to kill her. Well, so she kills LaGuardia. This is another case where there's a lot of shit going on. And part of me considers Hannah the main character, I guess, the main, because she's, well, I guess the main killer of the show in this season. But it's there's actually... This guy named Isaac. This cop pulls over a guy. Turns out there's a dead girl in the trunk. So the cop gets killed. The guy runs. Dexter figures out who he is. And he's a cop killer. So he kills. He falls him to the airport. Dude's name is Victor. He bashes him over the head with an extinguisher. And it turns out that Victor works for this guy named Isaac. Who's part of this mafia type thing. Isaac happens to be the dude from Rome. And he's one of those dudes that I just, I love him and he's amazing, but I never remember his name. And I just know that I see him and I love him. Ray Stevenson. He was Titus Pulo. So Ray Stevenson is wonderful. And, oh, he was in Thor. He was Volstag in Thor. So he's after Dexter for killing Victor because he figures it out. Well, then Dexter finally realizes, oh, Isaac and Victor were in a relationship, and that's why he's so pissed at me. Well, they end up joining forces, but then, and in my notes, I put, the douche nozzle from the club kills him. (laughs) So they own this strip club, and, and the dude who runs the strip club ends up killing Isaac, which is upsetting because, again, I love that actor. The character was really good. He was compelling. So it was sad to see him die. And the douche nozzle from the nightclub. It is weird because I do not remember this movie, but I know that he was in Iron Iron Eagle. I know because my mom loved, I think my mom liked the movie and she called it Iron Eagle because that's how she pronounces Eagle. For some reason, that's how he sticks in my mind, that he is the dude that was in Iron Eagle. His name's Jason Gedrick. He ends up killing Isaac. Before he was killed, Isaac had taken Hannah hostage because again, him and Dexter were fighting. Well, then Deb saves Hannah. In the meantime, Quinn is dating Nadia, who works for the douche nozzle at the strip club. The douche nozzle is using Nadia to get Quinn to cooperate with them because he used to be a dirty cop. He's trying to get better and he doesn't want to go back into that life, but they are using Nadia to try to bribe him and have him turn the other way from their illegal activities. At the end, Quinn ends up killing the douche nozzle to free Nadia. Also at some point in the season... (laughs) Dex discovered Lewis, the intern that made the serial killer game. He had stopped Dexter's credit cards. Dexter breaks into Lewis's house and threatens him. Well, then he is still dating Jamie. So he still shows up in Dexter's place with Jamie and is antagonizing him. 
Dexter wants to kill him, and he actually picks him up to kill him, well, then that was when Deb was being his serial killer sponsor. So he does not kill him, and he just leaves him in a park and lets him wake up. Then Lewis is on Dexter's boat, and Isaac shows up. They think he maybe he's Dexter, and they kill him. And later, Dexter finds Lewis's blood on his boat and realized, oh, okay, so I guess Isaac killed him. Another thing that happens is people were found burnt, burnt in different places. Dexter looks into it, realizes that he is actually the arson specialist that shows up at all the, all the scenes. And it has something to do with, like, when he was a kid, something happened. And so he's acting out based on something that happened in his childhood. And Dexter's like, well, you can't blame it on childhood trauma. And then Dexter realizes that's true of him. So then he's like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be killing people and blaming my childhood trauma. And Angel retires and opens a restaurant. There's still a bunch of stuff going on. I don't know. It's, uh, it's okay. Let me just tell you that what I did like about the season was the arc with Isaac. And they did a good job at showing the tension between them and showing that Isaac, even though he's, he's a bad guy, he was in love with Victor. And he has his motivations. And he's actually, like, he's so suave. And he's just handsome. And he's just charismatic. They have a good connection. And you can see them. You kind of want them to, like, hang out. I, you know, like, I wouldn't mind if Dexter ran off with Isaac. I'd be okay with that. You know, and that Isaac is just after him. And Dexter's like, dude, I didn't mean to do it. I didn't know that he was your guy. Like, I had no idea. Can we just move forward? And I like that whole arc. And, again, that's reminiscent of in one of the books, the earlier books, he actually kills someone's boyfriend, and then the guy targets him, and he hadn't realized that he'd even killed someone's boyfriend. So I like that. I love that guy. I I don't know. I almost wish they could have expanded that more or something, or had Isaac in it more. I just love him. And as much as I love him, I hate Hannah. Hannah was the, she was the albatross. I don't know. She just drugged, she just dragged everything down. And I have been debating about this in my head since I first watched this season. I'm trying to decide because I feel like they want you to, they want you to, even even if you don't like Hannah, they want you to feel some sympathy or empathy with her. I think they want you to feel, I'm think, I think that they want you to feel torn about her. But I think they're leaning towards you maybe wanting them to be together because they, they like having the thought that Dexter... Because the idea is we like Dexter, so we want Dexter to be happy. So the, the ultimate thing would be Dexter finding happiness with another serial killer. But then, of course, the compelling thing is can two serial killers have a relationship? And that aspect is interesting. Again, cerebrally, I understand why that's compelling. And I understand why that would is a, is a good idea to throw into this show. But it's I can't tell if it's the actress or the way they wrote the character but I just cannot stand looking at her. And it's not and it's not the way she looks. It's not like, it's just something about her whole personality. Just everything about her is just repellent. I just see her and I'm like, ugh. To me, it really took me out of it to dislike her so strongly. At the beginning, you could kind of see where she's supposed to look, oh, like I'm this, I'm this little vulnerable flower and I, I have these pretty flowers around me and oh, I had this, this traumatic thing happen to me and oh, my, my husband died and... But even when she's supposed to be vulnerable and you're supposed to think that she's appealing, I don't. <laughs> and I really, 
I'm really struggling to figure out whether that's okay. I mean, I guess it's okay because that's how I feel, but whether that's what they're going for or not. And, and I'm curious what everyone else thinks about Hannah. Because I also hated River on the new Doctor Who, so much so I stopped watching the show. So I'm interested if other people had this same reaction to Hannah, which I know a lot of people hated, especially the last season. But I'm curious if you guys also think that they wanted you to at least kind of like Hannah or at least feel something, um, feel that uh, the dichotomy of her character and where you you like her, but you know you're not supposed to. So you like her and you don't like her, but I just don't like her. I mean, I guess I kind of feel similarly with Lila. With Lumen, I guess it felt okay because she was she was a victim and she was getting her empowerment back and she had been taken advantage of. And Whereas Lila obviously was shady and Hannah's shady. But I think that you can have a shady character that you can also kind of like. I mean, I just got done saying that Isaac was this mafia guy, but he was likable. And we like Dexter and he does shady shit. So I had a big problem with Hannah and it was difficult to understand, even knowing that he found someone that may embrace him and may accept him as he is. It just felt so wrong, you know, and I, there wasn't even really a part of me that that was like, OK, give in. Because there's a part of you that even if you know it's a bad idea, if they've done the writing well and the, and the acting's done well, you can still get pulled in where you're like, oh, this isn't a great idea, but I get it. When there's a part of you kind of rooting for them. Even though there's a part of you like, oh, this is, you're, you know, this is a bad, bad idea. I didn't get that with this. And I think that's maybe what they were going for, but it just, it didn't work for me. It fell flat for me. So every time that she was in a scene with him, and especially when they were interacting, I was like, like I vomited mentally. I get the tension between Hannah and Deb. I see why that is a thing and why that might have been. It did help build tension, but I just hate Hannah so much that I have, I just had trouble with everything in this except for the Isaac character. And, you know, Deb being feeling torn between she thinks she loves Dexter and now she's he's getting involved with this fucked up chick that killed one of her would be boyfriends. The things that felt normal and in line was LaGuerta suspecting him. And that felt that was that was about the only thing that I felt was really true to the path that the series should have taken. Is it makes sense that they set up Dokes being suspicious of Dexter and therefore LaGuerta being suspicious of Dexter and then she's always just been suspicious in general since Dokes what they said that he was a murderer so that makes sense that if she sees the slide that she would start to you know start to unravel that thread that I get and I like that she is putting the screws to Deb and so it's interesting that that first she goes to Deb like hey I want to talk to you about this and then Deb's kind of in the loop well she then she realizes oh Deb might be in on it so I do like that and the toying with the back and forth between Dexter and Deb and LaGuerta. Having Deb kill LaGuerta, that was interesting. I think that I like that. <laughs> like, I don't know. Is it's? I do think that if it came between even the, I don't know, is part of me feels like it's hard for me to believe that she would shoot Dexter. But ultimately, she didn't have to shoot anyone. You know, I mean, she could have just taken Dexter into custody because the Deb in the book, I think, since the Deb in the book stopped talking to him when he had an affair and well, and she knew that he was killing people, but she stopped talking to him when he was having an affair. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure that she wouldn't have killed LaGuerta over Dexter. But in the show, the path that they were going where she's in love with him, of course, she's going to kill LaGuerta instead of Dexter. I think it's interesting, but I, I don't know. I it, it feels weird. 
So I'm not 100% sure how I feel about it. Character check-in. Dokes in the book. I don't remember him in it. In the show, he's still dead, but he continues to be framed by Dexter. LaGuerta in the book, she's still dead. And in the show, she gets killed. Deb in the book, she's trying to keep someone from a stalker. She finds that her brother's having an affair. Her sister-in-law dies. In the show, she's trying to figure out how to handle Dexter and his new girlfriend. Her almost boyfriend gets killed by Dexter's new girlfriend. She's almost killed. An and she becomes an accomplice for Dexter. Then she shoots LaGuerta. Rita in the book, she is killed. In the show, she's still dead, probably rolling in her grave over Hannah. Now we're in the home stretch, book eight. We come back with the alliteration, Dexter is dead. In this one, Dexter faces the penal system. And yes, I just wanted to say penal, but he is in a correctional facility and then he has to get a lawyer and all that shit because they think he killed Rita. And during this, someone is trying to kill him. So it opens with Dexter in a correctional center. Deb won't speak to him and basically he has no one on his side. The cop that we discovered was a dumb shit in the last book, he is faking and tampering with evidence. So he is actively working against De Dexter. So things are looking grim. Well, Brian shows up and he gets an expensive lawyer for Dexter. So there is some signs of hope. Until Deb wants him to sign custody of the kids over to her. Although he does say he doesn't miss his kids. That basically he's like, I don't know, I could take or leave them. At which point she says, you were never really my brother. And that even stung Dexter that has no feelings. He begins to think that maybe Vince will help him. And indeed, he does. So Vince is on his side. He goes back to his motel room and discovers dead bodies, which were, of course, part of a, were part of a drug syndicate <laughs> because Brian stole money from a cartel leader, as you do. And so now, since Brian stole money from this cartel leader, they're getting targeted and someone's trying to kill them. So, I mean, it's that, it's the thing that happens frequently to people. He has lunch with Vince. And Vince gives him, he got hold of some of the doctored files to prove that Anderson was framing him and shit. Well, then his doctor's rental car explodes. And then they realize his lawyer is in on it. Because the lawyer also has something to do with the drug cartel leader, of course. Well, then the kids were kidnapped. I know you'll be surprised to hear that. But, you know, I mean, you set it up. And if it's a thing that happens in every book, it's a thing that happens in every book. He actually, even though earlier he said he doesn't have feelings about the kids... He gets angry. They set up a thing and then Anderson gets killed and they kill two of the cartel's men. So basically they're able to like start getting rid of everybody. The cartel tries again. So the cartel is, the lawyer had been trying to help the cartel kill him and Brian. Well now the cartel's trying again, but Dexter and Brian get to them and kill them. So at this point, <laughs> we've got the bad cop is killed. Some cartel men are killed. Some more cartel men are killed, and then the lawyer's killed. They torture a cartel guy to find out where the kids are. And I do want to make a note that at this point, Deb discovers Brian is in involved with Dexter. And she's pissed because she's already pissed at Dexter, but, you know, Brian tried to kill her. And she's mad that she has to work with him to try to get these kids back. But, you know, she wants the kids back. So she calls a truce with him. And, of course, the kids are on the drug lord's yacht. Well, there is confrontation there. Brian dies. Deb gets the kids off the yacht, but Dexter falls in the water. Okay, so the title is Dexter is Dead. So he does come right out and say Dexter is dead. But at the end of the book, 
he doesn't come right out and say Dexter is dead. It's basically he's in the water. He's looking into blackness that whirls him away into the happy welcome of the moon's dark side. And I fall up and end and away. And wonderful chorus of silence swells up as I rise up and up and feel like I'm home again at last as I slide down. Down through the beautiful shadowy silence and into the cool and welcoming moon. Mommy darkness at last and... So that's the end. Probably died. But, I don't know. I think that set it up so, you know, he didn't come right out and say it. We think he did. He probably did. But just in case he decides he wants to bring Dexter back, he could. This one, it's weird because I'm so used to the Dexter that you can strongly empathize with. So in the book, he does feel colder, especially when he's talking about how he doesn't miss his kids. And and even though he winds up missing his kids and wanting to save them, it's just it's bizarre to picture Dexter in these circumstances and like in prison and then being chased by a cartel. I mean, even though literally in that last season he was chased by a cartel. But in the book, it feels odd, like with his lawyer trying to kill him. And I don't know. It's um, it just felt a little weird. But again, it's always an interesting adventure. So even though it goes in places that I'm not sure how I feel, it's always interesting to see how they, how what happens. And I do like Brian being so involved. I like Brian as a character. I think he stays true to the, he's good at staying true to the character's voices. And Brian feels like he's consistent through all the books. And I like the dynamic between the two of them. And I like that they work together and he gets that brother figure in the books. So I do like that. I'm going to move forward with season eight. The first word that popped into my head when I was typing this up and I typed season eight, it was, why? Why does this exist? Why did you do this to us? Why? It is painful to watch, almost unbearable to watch a second time. I said before that after I'd watched, you know, all of the seasons, it was difficult to make it through the first time. So when I rewatched all the seasons just for fun, I couldn't watch the eighth season again. It was hard enough to watch the seventh season again. I just didn't even do it. Well, then when I knew I was going to do this, I was like, I have to watch it again so that way I can, you know, have the full picture. And, and obviously, if I want to talk about it, I need to watch it again. And watching it again, it's, it's interesting to see how you feel about things when you watch them again, especially since obviously I have lots of feelings <laughs> about this series. So at this point, they're not only off the rails. There are no rails. There's nothing. Deb has left the police department. She's using cocaine. She's smoking and drinking with this drug guy. Turns out she's a bounty hunter. A victim was found with a scoop out of his brain. Angel came out of retirement and is back on the force. Quinn and Jamie are in a secret relationship. Dex fights with Deb's bounty and kills him. There's a neuroscientist looking into Dexter and knows about Harry's code. It turns out Harry was seeing this doctor and she helped create the code. She received the missing brain piece and thinks it's a former patient. And they saw footage of a dude killing the guy. Well, then Deb killed someone and asked Dexter to cover for her. The doctor finds a video showing that dude was forced to kill the other dude. So now it's like there's obviously like some kind of puppet master. Deb is going to confess, but then Dex and the doc get to her and the doctor tries to help her. Deb didn't know Harry tried to kill himself, so she finds that out. So that helps everything. She tries to kill herself and Dexter by swerving the car into water. A dude sees and saves her, and then she second-guesses herself and saves Dexter. They found out this Yates guy was a bad guy. The doctor's kidnapped, then Yates is killed. All three of them, so Deb, Dex, and the doctor, all dispose of the guy together. And then Deb and Dex are okay again. 
Dex starts tracking a kid he thinks killed his maid. The kid, whose name is Zach, visits the doctor and admits that he did it. Henna appears and drugs Deb and Dexter, but they are safe, and she basically just did it to prove a point that she can get to them anytime and that she's, you know, because she had escaped, she's still around and angry. Dexter takes Zach under his wing to become a little, uh, his little apprentice, or his Padawan. Turns out Hannah had married a guy who is the actor from Warlock and Arachnophobia. Hannah kills him, and Dexter helps dump the body. Deb, of course, was tracking Dexter and sees him with Hannah. Dexter's neighbor's killed, and he thinks Zach did it. Well, then it turns out Zach is being framed. Dexter helps him dispose of a body. And then Hannah, Dexter, and Zach all have dinner with Vogel in, like, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre-type family affair. In my notes, I have Dex and Hannah fuck again. Ew. <laughs> She's supposed to leave, but doesn't, of course. Then Zach is killed. Part of his brain is removed and given to the doctor. Dexter asks Hannah to stay. They dub the, the guy that's taking the scoops of brain, the brain surgeon, is related to the doctor. It turns out it's one of her sons she thought was dead. And he realizes the guy dating his neighbor that was killed, that guy is her son. There's a federal marshal hunting Hannah. Dexter and Hannah plan to run away. The doc agrees to let Dexter kill her son. But then he winds up, her son winds up killing the doctor in front of Dexter. Quinn breaks up with Jamie and Deborah kisses him. There's a tropical storm coming. Dexter gets the son but decides not to kill him. He leaves him there and he's going to let Deb get the guy, let Deb catch the guy. Well, the marshal's following Deb and he frees the son and gets stabbed. Then Deb is shot in the side and the dude gets away. Hannah goes to the airport and she didn't make... Any fucking attempt to disguise herself. This is one of the things that just, just fucking gets under my skin like you won't believe. She has to take Harrison to the hospital at one point. Doesn't even put on a fucking hat. You think, put on a fucking hat. Or something. She goes to the airport knowing she might get caught. She doesn't dye her hair. She doesn't cut her hair. She doesn't put on a fake mustache. Like, nothing. It's just... <sighs> so the cops end up getting the bad guy. Dex goes to see Deb in the hospital. She is in ICU had a blood clot, and had a stroke. The private investigator guy Deb worked for was following Hannah, and he gets on the bus with her and Harrison, so she drugs him and gets away. Dexter visits the guy in, the, in jail that killed Vogel, that killed the doctor, and he kills the guy. So the bad guy dies. He goes back to the hospital and gets Deb. He turns off the life support, takes her out of the, out of the hospital, takes her to his boat, and dumps her overboard. He calls Harrison and says goodbye, says, I have to protect them from me, and sails into the storm. The aftermath, they find his wrecked boat and assume he's dead. Hannah sees it in the news. But then, ba-ba-ba-ba, it shows Deck as a lumberjack. Cue the Monty Python song, I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I just hate it. When I try to pinpoint <laughs> what about it is so disconcerting and off-putting and part of it is I realized when I was watching it the second time is it's harder to be sympathetic or empathetic with Dexter. So things happen where it just feels like it shatters your illusions from the previous seasons. It makes it too real. 
So by having Deb spiraling and Dexter trying to keep her close to him and trying to scrambling after her and then having this woman appear that was is basically his serial killer mother (laughs) it's just too real and I think that's why it feels so gross and it feels so divergent because we're used to being on board with Dexter but Dexter's doing so many things that seem undexter like or they're just too hard to reconcile and so you're not on board with him anymore So what it reminds me of is a good example of a character that's the main character of the show that you can't be on board with anymore, but you're still, it still feels cohesive and it makes sense. The character arc is Breaking Bad. So you start by liking Walter White and you see through everything that happens through all the seasons, you see him start to turn. You stop feeling that empathy and you're starting, I mean, there's still a part of you that feels something for him and you get why he's changing, but then it's. But that's part of why it makes it so sad and upsetting is that he changed so much because you saw him go through it and you saw why he went through it and the decisions that he made that led him to that is heartbreaking. I think that that's the best Darth Vader story is if they could have done the Anakin Skywalker story the way that they did Walter White in Breaking Bad, that's like exactly how you go from a good guy to a bad guy is that is they show that arc. And they don't do that with Dexter here is you don't, I mean, I guess they're not really trying to turn Dexter bad, but it just feels like I can't go with him on this one, you know, and, and I don't, it's everything that he's doing. I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck is wrong with you? And it just feels wrong. I just, it just doesn't, it, they don't complete the arc well. <laughs> and they basically just piss on it and burn it down. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that it stays true to how the characters would have actually developed. It's just, I hate it. And I don't think that that Dexter would have left Harrison with Hannah. I don't think he would have left Harrison. I hate it. I thought it was interesting to bring in the psycho, the neuroscientist that helped Harry create the code. Again, it's one of those things where cerebrally, I think it's interesting, but like emotionally and story-wise, I don't think I like it. And it felt like they're just trying too hard to make things more complex. And I think things were complex enough that they didn't need to add another person in there. It was interesting, but I don't know that I like it. I did like Zach, and it was kind of nice to see Dexter taking him in. And and Zach was a likable character. I think that aspect of it was interesting. And it was kind of interesting to see how the idea of the sociopaths trying to make a family. And it was sad when Zach got killed. It kind of pissed me off. So the one thing I liked about the show got killed off. (laughs) I mean, but Dexter, at least they had him live. I don't, I don't know. If they would have just killed him off that way, it would have been even more pissed. But it's just bizarre. It just, everything just felt bizarre and wrong and off. I don't like it. We'll do a quick character check-in and then I'll go through thoughts of the whole season and everything. So the check-in, Dokes in the book. I don't remember him in the last book. In the show, of course, he's dead. LaGuardia in the book and the show is dead. Deb in the book, her brother that had an affair was arrested for possibly murdering his wife. She's taking care of four kids, three of which are his. She saves him from kidnapping and she thinks her brother dies on the boat. In the show, she's just super fucked up. She gets shot. Her brother throws her in the water. Technically, she could be alive, I guess. Although he, she was like wrapped up and supposedly dead. So in the hospital, like I'm pretty sure they showed her like flatline and shit. But Again, that's one of those things where just because they're supposed to be dead and they're thrown in water doesn't necessarily mean that they lived. Because after all, Dexter was apparently thrown in the water and he lived. Rita's dead in the book and the show. 
and Dexter, in the show, in the book he's dead, we think. And in the show, he's a lumberjack and he's okay. I wanted to explain a little more my thoughts about why the book seemed so weird. And I really think that it has something to do with the fact that I knew the series before I knew the books. And so the books gave me a level of expectation because the books are pretty, the, the show is pretty normal. You know, I mean, there's crazy things that happen. I mean, there's things that happen that are fucked up, but the, book, the books really go to interesting places. And I want to make it clear, I am okay with fucked up situations. As evidenced by Chuck Palahniuk is one of my favorite authors. So he did Fight Club. And if you've read any of his stuff, like Fight Club is pretty tame compared to some of his other stuff. Like he goes really, the thing about him though is it's, well, is he makes it seem like it's possible. Like as fucked up as the situations get, there's a part of you that's like, the way that he says it, it feels like it could be real. Like it could really be a thing or it doesn't seem like that far-fetched as you would normally think. So I'm okay with weird things and to go into weird places and have fucked up adventures. So that, I don't want to be too hard on Jeff Lindsay because if I would have read the books before I saw Dexter, I might be like, well, that's weird that the show's not as weird <laughs> as the books. So I want to make that clear, is the books, they, I wouldn't have noticed them being as weird if I wouldn't have seen the show first. It's definitely a thing where, on their own, the books are solid. If you're not into interesting adventures, <laughs> then I don't know if they're going to be for you. Because they definitely don't follow the Dexter series path. I think they're worth reading because I think that he is a good writer. I think that as weird as he gets sometimes, he still stays solid with Dexter. The way that he has Dexter talk, the things that he has Dexter say and feel, Dexter is just a phenomenal character and he's r remarkable. So I think that he did a great job at creating the Dexter character and making him, I guess, relatable or at least interesting and compelling and fun. So I like the books as a thing on their own. I think he did a great job at setting things up for the series to take off in their own direction. I'm glad that they, de they parted ways and they did their own things because the characters that Jeff Lindsay created, I think for the most part, he was the paths that he took them down were true to what he was doing. Whereas the writers of the Dexter show, I feel like they were until the end, <laughs> they were pretty true to what they set up. And, and granted, the characters are very similar. Like their their basic attitudes and ex expressions are dead on in the show and in the series. But I can see how they took it and ran with it and did their own thing and still made it. Like it still felt like it was Dexter most of the way through. And it still felt like it was Deb, even though they were doing thing different things that were in the books. So it's it's a case where you have these characters and you can see them going in these different paths. I'm glad that it's that reading the book isn't just like watching the series. I'm glad that it changed. I think they are both good on their own and interesting to see together. My overall thought on the show is, again, I think overall they did a really good job. Um, even some of the weaker seasons were still interesting and enjoyable until you got to the end. The end, they fucked it all. We'll just end it there because to sum it up, it's really just, it was great until it sucked. <laughs> uh, I will probably end up watching the seasons again, except for seven and eight. Possibly not even six. I don't know. I really do like um, Edward James Almos and that whole thing. Of course, you're, I'm sure you're wondering about the upcoming season and the continuation of the series. I am like Frank Costanza 
<laughs> when he's having dinner with George's in-laws and they're talking about a, mo- about a movie and he's like, no, I've, I haven't seen it. Don't tell me. And he's like, well, but it doesn't have to do with the plot. And he's like, I want to go in fresh. I am Frank Costanza. I want to go in fresh. So I don't want to know anything about it because I don't want to have expectations. I don't I just don't want to know anything. It's just easier for me not to know anything in that way. Everything is new and everything is a surprise, and I can just go in without any any expectations. And if you start telling me things about it, I may start developing thoughts and feelings and theories, and I don't want to do that. I just want to go in and enjoy it. One of the things that ruined me <laughs> was The Phantom Menace, where I was so fucking excited when The Phantom Menace was coming out that I read everything, and I just dug into everything, and I let it get me excited And then I watched it, and all my hopes and dreams were dashed. Okay, that's dramatic, but I hated it, and I thought it was terrible, and it was really a huge letdown. So I've decided that if I am into something, it's probably best if I try to go in, if there's something new happening, I should try to go in without knowing much about it, because it's just better for me personally if I can just have a clear mind and go in. I haven't watched any of the trailers. I've tried not to read any of the articles. I just know that it's coming out, and I think it's coming out soon. I I had something that I thought told me. I don't know if it's coming out in November, but I will keep you updated. And, uh, of course, you know, once it comes out, I will be talking about it. And I will try not to do spoilers as it goes, or I'll warn you if I talk about it and I'm going to do a spoiler. But I am excited. I'm nervous. I'm excited to see Michael C. Hall as Dexter again, as I think any fan would be. I'm just really nervous since they cocked it up so bad. I'm scared. I'm trying to just be relaxed about it and just try to roll with it and just say, okay, I've seen them ruin it. So, you know, can they ruin it more? So if they do, then it'll be interesting. And then I can rant and rave. So then I can rant and rave. Either I can be excited and talk about how great it is, or I can be like, well, you know, this is just okay. Or if it's terrible, I can talk about how terrible it is. So I think it's going to be positive no matter what. Because if I can at least, you know, if we can at least make an episode about how much we hate it, we're all bonding over something. So as long as there's bonding, then it's okay. I have decided I am coming out with the premiere episode of Comics by Candlelight on the YouTubes on Halloween Day. And it would be about the Dexter comics. Because if I'm going to cover everything Dexter... I'm going to cover everything Dexter. So we did the books and the show. I know there's comics out there. So I'm going to do the comics. Comics by Candlelight. I will keep you updated. I'll put the link out there. I'm planning for it to come out on Halloween Day. And who knows? I will also be covering other horror comics and things like that to come. So stay tuned for that as well. Igor still has some time off chasing fish heads. But we will be talking about... We're discussing about... The next episode being about the Amityville horror. And not just that, but um, Robert DeFeo and, you know, him, how he killed his family and then the subsequent movie Amity Horror, Amityville Horror and all that. So we are planning on talking about that together. So the next episode should be Igor and I talking about the whole Amityville thing and DeFeo. We appreciate you lab rats and make sure you stay tuned. As always, thank you for entering the lab. If you enjoy the experience and experiments of Murder Lab, go to Facebook, Instagram, and MurderLabMedia.com for updates. Share with your friends, those you created in a lab or not, 
As long as they can subscribe and listen, we'll take it. Murder Lab is available on Google Play and iTunes. The RSS feed is on MurderLabMedia.com for you to plug into your podcast app. We can always use more lab rats. dead in the book that is still the show you know what cut that little part out we don't need to talk about oh my god i totally did not hear you come in or anything i've been here for a long time